Brilliant. Well, it is great to, to be uh, together this morning. Um, I imagine all of you have probably had some time where someone or something has left you feeling judged. Um, anyone been there? It's not a very nice feeling, is it? You know, I don't particularly like feeling judged. You know, I had one of those moments um, back quite a few years ago now when I lived in Manchester. And um, there was a great guy who taught me a lot and who I used to spend time with called Andy. Um, Andy Barkley Watt, great double-barreled surname. We used to call him B-Dub. Um, but it was about 12 years or so ago. And um, I remember one time, and I traveled over to spend some time with him. And, and he sat down with me, and we were talking. And, and he said to me, um, Pete, Whenever someone says something to you, no matter how hard it is to hear, always look for the 1% of truth in what it is that they say. You know, when someone says something to you that you could take as a criticism, don't get defensive. Instead, look for the 1% of truth in what it is that they say. And then he proceeded to put me to the test in how well I might do at that. Um, and, and so I, I can't remember the whole conversation, but I remember part of it very vividly. I remember him saying to me that he was concerned that I was putting on a front rather than allowing people to see the real me. And I remember at the time trying to, to, to kind of take it well. I remember at the time trying not to, to get defensive. And on the outside, I presented well, and that came across all great like I was receiving it. But on the inside, my world had gone into a spiral. Because I felt judged. In fact, I felt misjudged. Because one of the things that I value so highly is genuine people. One of the things that I value so highly is honesty and accountability and vulnerability. And so I then, I didn't drive at this time, so I remember being sat on the bus journey home, wrestling with what he'd said, kind of questioning myself, struggling with it, looking for that 1% of truth. But really, all the time, I just felt judged. And it can be hard, can't it, when people say things to us which call into question our attitudes or our our lifestyle, call into question decisions that we make. And so often it leaves us feeling judged. And our first instinct then is to react and to get defensive and to put the walls up to protect ourselves. Because we feel judged. And I imagine you can all think of your own stories, times when you felt judged, or maybe times when you've tried to share something with somebody and your your motivation, your heart was one of love, but you can see how they've reacted defensively because they feel judged. We've all got our own stories of those kind of things. And and so this is something that we all face. This is something that we all deal with. This is part of and parcel of, of just living life with people. It's not something that we can get away from. It's something that we all have to, to deal with. And, and when we feel judged, you know, sometimes I think we can look at, at, at Jesus. And we can look to Jesus to back us up in our reaction. We can look to, to Jesus because Jesus is the one who says, do not judge. And so we, we look to, to Jesus and, and we say, well, Jesus is the one who says, do not judge. So you can't criticize me. You can't compare me to anybody else. You can't confront me about the things which are going on in my life because who are you to judge? Who are you to judge me? You have no right to criticize me or to say that I'm right or wrong, that I can believe what I like and I can do what I like. It's none of your business. 
And you can believe what you like and you can do what you like. It's none of my business. Essentially, anything goes, so who are you to judge me? But when we react like that, do you know, I think we completely miss what Jesus is really wanting us to get hold of. I think we completely miss what Jesus is, is really teaching. And so this morning, I want to try and bring into focus who Jesus is and what he really teaches when it comes to judging. And here's what I think Jesus really means when he says, do not judge. I think he means, do not size others up and write them off. Do not weigh others up and then look down on them. And that's what what Jesus really means. Do not listen to something that somebody has said or, or look at something that somebody has done or where it is that they've gone or who it is that they've been spending time with or what it is that they wear or, or whatever it is and then size them up and look down on them or write them off. And, and to help us to begin to wrestle with this and to think about what Jesus really means and to bring into focus his teaching when it comes to, to judging people, we're going to be looking at Matthew 7. You can look it up if you want, but the verses will pop up on the screen behind me as we go there. This is how Jesus starts it off. He says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way as you judge others, you will be judged. And with a measure you use, it will be measured to you. So Jesus' starting point isn't really don't judge full stop. That's all there is to it. There's never a time for judging. You just can't judge. Which is so often the idea that we kind of come away from with it. He is saying don't judge because if you do judge, it's going to come back on you. Jesus is saying whatever the standard is that you hold other people to, that's the standard that you will be held to. When you judged... When you judge others, you will be judged in the same way. And, and that brings us, I think, to a really important question when it comes to judging, as we kind of engage with what it is that, that Jesus is saying here. And that important question is this. How do you want to be judged? If Jesus says we're going to, to be judged by the way that we judge other people, if the way that we judge others is going to come back on us, then how do you want to be judged. Shall I tell you how I want to be judged? Honestly, I don't want to be judged. I don't want to be judged at all. But if you have to judge me, if something comes a long way, you have to judge me in the right sense of the word, which we'll come to later. Do you know how I want you to judge me? I want you to judge me mercifully. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. What I mean by that is that I want you to take into account the family that I grew up with. I want you to take into account the experiences that I've been through. I want you to take into account the hurts that I've faced. I want you to take into account the times when people have rejected me. I want you to take into account the, the habits that I've struggled with. I want you to take into account the temptations that are in front of me. I want you to take into account the entirety of who I am. So that you understand me, so that you empathize with me, and so that you have compassion and are merciful with me. Isn't that how you'd want to be judged? You know, before somebody 
comes along and judges you before they size you up and, and write you off or look down on you, determine that, that you're not worth an awful lot. It's like, wait a minute, that's not fair. You don't know me. You don't understand. You need to take into account all of me. You can't just judge me on that one bad hair day. You've got to take into account the, the, the whole of my life. You can't just judge me on that one thing that I said to somebody or that time when I reacted like that, which was out of character. If you're going to judge me, don't do it based on one moment. Take my whole life into account. And then Jesus carries on, and to get his point across and help us understand what he means, he paints this ridiculous word picture. You'll be familiar with it for most of you. He says in verse 3, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And when he talks about a plank, the the literal word there is the supporting beam for a house. So we're not talking about a, a little bit of wood. We're talking about the kind of beams that are running across the roof of the building. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there is a plank in your own eye? How dare you point out What's wrong with someone else when you have something wrong with you? I I notice that Jesus doesn't say, if there's a plank in your eye. His assumption is that there's one already there. He, He doesn't say in those times when you have a plank in your eye. His starting point is that there is one there. There's something in you that needs to be dealt with. Why? Because the reality is that as far as God is concerned, we do all have a plank there. We might not see it and we might look at other people and think that it's not there, but it was when God looks at us. As far as he's concerned, when we compared to his standard, we all have a plank there. In one way or another, we all have, have sin inside of us that we're struggling with. Whether that's to do with habits, whether it's to do with thought patterns that we're aware of and we can own and we can be honest about, or whether they're actually to do with attitudes which God hasn't even put his finger on yet. But he sees. And he knows are there. We all have a plank that we've got to deal with. And it might be that some of us have learned how to hide that plank really well. Uh, and we've, we've, we've learned how to, to hide the reality that it's there better than others. And so on the outside, we come across pretty well and we present pretty well and people look at us and we seem pretty together. But God knows that within each of our hearts, there is a seed of sin that needs to be dealt with. And that he's wanting to deal with. And then Jesus hits us with two words that none of us ever want to hear. He says, you hypocrite. You're more fascinated with what's wrong with other people than you are with what's wrong with yourself. You're more interested and preoccupied in how you can fix other people's problems than you are in how you can fix your own problems. You see what's wrong with everybody else, but you refuse to face up to what's wrong with you. And Jesus is direct and he's blunt And it can be hard to hear, but it's true. Because I have things in my life that God is wanting to deal with. And you have things in your life that God is wanting to deal with. 
And when we lose sight of that fact, when we lose sight of, of that and we focus in on other people's mistakes, and we're more aware of other people's problems than we are with our own, that's when that we become arrogant and self-righteous and judgmental. And so Jesus, he goes on, and this is verse 5, he says, You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly. And here's what I think Jesus is saying. He's saying, when you see a speck in someone else's eye, when you see something in someone else's life that's a mess, that's a problem that they need to deal with, let that be a reminder to you to go and deal with your own plank first. When you see someone else's mess, let that be a reminder to you to go and deal with your own mess. To deal with your own sin. In those times when we're tempted to judge, Jesus calls us instead to self-examination. Instead of sizing someone else up to size ourselves up. To stop and say, God... Will you please deal with me, search me, know me, reveal any wicked way within my heart? Let's sort out the plank in my eye so that I can see clearly. So that I can see myself clearly and I'm humbled because I realize what a mess I am and I realize how reliant I am on the grace and the mercy of God. So that I see God clearly. And I'm humbled as I realize how awesome he is and how holy he is and how he's the only one who's righteous and the only one who is in a place where he can sit and judge. And yet he chooses to reach out to me, not with judgment and condemnation, but with grace and with mercy. And so that I can see other people clearly. You know, when I I see someone who has made mistakes and I see the problems in their life because I've been humbled, because I see myself clearly and because I see God clearly, I can then see other people clearly and see that fundamentally, whatever problems they're going through, they're no different than I am. Because I've got my own struggles, I've got my own plank that I need to deal with. And so when I'm tempted to, to pass judgment on other people, and what people have said or done or what they've posted online. When I'm tempted to to pass judgment on others, I should stop and remember, Jesus says, do not judge. And instead of focusing on their problems, on their speck, I need to go back and look myself in the mirror and ask God to help me to search out my plank. To examine myself for what I've said and what I've done and what I've posted online. The attitudes that I've had. And suddenly, instead of pulling other people down, instead of criticizing people and writing them off and looking down on them when I see their mess, it reminds me instead to deal with my own mess. And I become a better me. Because in that moment, I'm reminded to invite God into my life in a deeper way so that he's able to to reveal things in me and he's able to give me the grace to become the person that he made me to be.
But notice that Jesus, he said, you hypocrite first, take the plank out of your own eye. He said that's the first thing that we need to do, but there's more. And I think this is a key principle that we, we've got to get hold of when it comes to following Jesus. You see, following Jesus never stops with what's in it for me. That's, that's kind of a, a world kind of culture way that we approach things. We evaluate everything and we ask the question, what's in it for me? And once we've got that answer, we're kind of done. But following Jesus always comes back to leveraging what God has done within our lives for the sake of others. And ultimately for the sake of God's kingdom and his glory. And so Jesus, he goes on, he says, you hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And this is where it all starts to get messy. This is where suddenly what Jesus says doesn't fit with what it is that we want him to say. And it doesn't fit with with what we think he says. Because suddenly Jesus flips everything around, and this whole idea that we like to hold on to, where you can't judge me. You have no right to judge me. How dare you judge me? Jesus says, hang on a minute. I'm not saying that you should all just mind your own business and leave each other alone. Focusing on yourself all the time. Now this is about getting you into a place where you're actually able to appropriately, mercifully, compassionately, lovingly Approach someone else about the stuff in their lives that needs dealing with. To which our immediate reaction is, wait, 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 wait. I can't do that. That's so judgmental. And Jesus says, no. No, it isn't. Jesus actually teaches us to deal with the plank within our own eye, not just for our own sake, but so that we are in a place where we're able to help one another with our own issues and our own problems and our own things that we struggle with. He tells us to take the plank out of our own eye, not just so that our plank is dealt with, but so that we might see clearly in order to be able to best help and address the issues that other people are going through. So in order to be able to address the speck in other people's eyes. And Jesus says, that's not being judgmental. He says, that's an act of love. Because Jesus is always looking for how the work that he does in our life can overflow as an expression of love for the other people around us. And so Jesus wants us to understand that that when he says, do not judge, that that doesn't mean do not care. When he says judge not, it doesn't mean turn a blind eye and pretend that nothing's going on. And when he says judge not, that that doesn't mean act not. It doesn't mean just as we're not to size somebody up and to write them off. It doesn't mean that we're able to, to say, well, it's okay, I can size somebody up and just walk away. It's not my problem. It's none of my business. Because loving somebody, as much as it forbids me to size somebody up and write them off, as much as loving somebody forbids me from looking down on them, loving somebody forbids me from sizing them up and walking away. From sizing them up and staying silent. 
And some of us today, the issue that Jesus is wanting to highlight isn't judgmentalism. For some of us, the issue that Jesus is wanting to highlight is cowardice. He wants to highlight the fact that we simply don't like to confront people or deal with things. We avoid it and we tell ourselves that it's okay to avoid it because if I was going to say something, then I'd be being judgmental and it's not good to be judgmental and so I've got this excuse I can just walk away. It's not my place. But part of what being a church community together means is that we love one another too much to just walk away. That we are here to to support one another and to come alongside one another and to help one another on the journey as we look to become more and more and more like Jesus. And that means that if we see things in one another's lives that are holding us back on that journey, that with love and with mercy and with compassion, we want to help one another to face those things, to be honest about them. And raising these issues and talking to one another about these issues isn't being judgmental, it's an act of love. Uh, let me just try and illustrate that in a, a really crude way. Is your dentist judgmental? You know, when you go to the dentist and he, he's kind of in there and he's searching out your, your, your mouth and, you know, all the rest of it, and you're kind of panicking in case the drill comes along, and, and, he, and he says to you, you have a cavity. Cavities are bad. Your cavity needs to be dealt with. In that moment, do you feel judged? Is your dentist being judgmental? It's not, is he? You know, none of us like having the flaws within our mouth pointed out. Just as none of us like to have the flaws in our lives pointed out. I can't say I enjoy going to the dentist and being told that I need to have some work done. Just as much as I don't particularly enjoy it if somebody comes along and raises something in my life that needs to be dealt with. But, I know the dentist is doing it because if we don't deal with that, it's going to get worse. And it's going to stop me from being able to eat and enjoy things. If I don't deal with the issues in my life that are going against God and not matching up with what it is that he has for me, then I know it's going to lead down a path that's going to get worse. And it's going to stop me from being able to enjoy the blessings that he's got for me and what it is that he wants to be doing in my life. And so to identify something as wrong... To identify something as not good for a person is not being judgmental. It's an act of love which cares for somebody too much to stay silent. So what Jesus is really saying when he goes through this teaching, is talking about judging people, is don't size people up and write them off. Don't judge people and look down on them. Because the standard that you use to hold them to is the standard that you will be held to. Instead, take the plank out of your own eye. Deal with the own issues in your life. Come to God and be honest about them. Let him search you and know you. Get Be humbled before him as you realize the mess that you are. So that you can see clearly when those things are dealt with. And don't stop there. As you've dealt with the plank, as you're able to see clearly, that's all about bringing you into a place where you're then able to, in a loving, compassionate, merciful way, come alongside somebody else and to help them address 
the things in their life, to remove the speck from their eye. And as I've been thinking about this and thinking about what Jesus teaches, I think it addresses three different audiences, three different groups of people. And, you know, I think reality is we could probably all identify with one of them, but I think probably really we're all in all of them at different points. So the first group of people is this. Maybe you identify with this. The first group of people are those of us who have a tendency to size people up and to write them off. To size people up and to look down on them or dismiss them. And none of us are going to like that idea. But let, you don't have to put hands up. I'm not asking for confession or anything else. Just between you and God, just think and be honest with this. You know, I think probably we all do it at some point. You know, the reality is that, though, that when we size people up and we write them off, when we look down on people... And you're not going to like hearing this. I don't like saying it. I don't like the reality of my life. But the reality is that when we do that, we're being self-righteous. We're being arrogant. We're being judgmental. And it's this kind of attitude that when you look through and you read about Jesus and his life, it's this kind of attitude that he seems to hate the most that he has the most issue with, that he's always going up against. This kind of attitude which seems to drive him crazy. Jesus reacts so strongly to it because what happens when we have this kind of attitude, I think, is two things. The first thing that I think can so often happens is that we maximize other people's mistakes and we minimize our own. And the second thing that happens is that we dumb down the holiness of God and we elevate our own. We don't see God clearly and just how awesome he is and holy he is and how far above us he is. We don't see ourselves clearly and so we think we're better than we really are. We're blind to our faults. And the result is that we don't see others clearly. And we think we're in a position where we can judge them and we, we look at them and we don't understand how they could make those mistakes. How could they struggle with those things? How could they possibly say that? How could they be in that position? Why would somebody give that to them? You know, and a great way to know if this is in a moment, if this is something that you're struggling with, is that in that moment you are more enraged by that other person's sin than you are embarrassed by your own. You know if this is an issue for you in any moment, if this is something for you that you need to deal with, if you are more enraged and more affected and more emotional over someone else's sin, then you are embarrassed by your own. And if this is you, if you relate to this this morning, then what you need to do in response to that, Jesus teaches, and it's hard to hear, but what you need to do in response to that is you need to repent. You need to, what that means is you need to recognize the sin in yourself of self-righteousness. You need to confess it to Jesus, and you need to make the decision to turn away from it. And to go God's way. And you need to ask God to to open your eyes, to help you to start to see yourself more clearly. To help you to start to see him more clearly. To realize how sinful and messed up you are and how reliant on God's grace and mercy you are. Because when your heart has been broken over your own sin, then you will start to have compassion for other people in theirs. 
And if when you see somebody mess up, if when you see somebody make a mistake, if when you see stuff going on in their lives that is sinful, your, your kind of immediate reaction is, is one which is emotional and is to, to judge and to look down on them, then the reality is that it's probably because you've never really come face to face with your own sin. So we need to see ourselves clearly. We need to ask God to take that plank from our eyes. You know, and this is something for all of us to do. You know, as I was getting ready for today, you know, I was, I was kind of preparing and I was thinking about it. And I was thinking about, is there anybody that I've, I'm judging? Is there anybody that I'm treating in this kind of way? And I honestly couldn't think of anybody. And, um, you know, I started to feel pretty pleased with myself. And then I started heading into that kind of whole self-righteous mode. And then yesterday I was at Creation Fest and there was a, a, a gathering for, for church leaders um, from, who were all there at Creation Fest. And I looked across the, the marquee that we were in um, and I saw somebody else across the room. And in that moment, as I looked at them and as I saw them, I realized that I'd written them off, that I'd looked down on them, that I'd been dismissive of them. And God hit me between the eyes. And I had to repent. Because I'd sized them up and I'd written them off. Maybe like me, that's something that you need to deal with too. The second group are those of us with a tendency to size people up and to walk away. And and again, I think we all do this at times because none of us really like to go and talk to somebody. It's not easy to to go and to to, to talk to somebody and to to look at them and to, to see the problems and then have to address it. You know, what we tend to do is we see the problems and we we see the issues. And then maybe our hearts, are, uh, we don't judge them, our hearts are moved with compassion. That's a great next step to have. You've moved away from being self-righteous and judgmental. Now you can see them clearly and your, your heart's moved in compassion. And you look at them and, and you say, oh, there, but for the grace of God, go, I am no different to they are. And then you maybe you're moved to, to pray for them and to ask God to help them and to, to be with them. But you're not going to go and talk to them. That would be judgmental. It's none of my business. And Jesus says it is your business. Confronting people about their stuff is not judgmental or insensitive. It's what real love for one another requires of you. And for some of you as I'm talking right now, you you might have people that come to mind. People you know that you need to talk to. And, And this can be hard. And do you know what? To be honest, if you find people confronting people, if this isn't hard for you, if you find the idea of going and talking to somebody great, this is just giving permission to go and deal with them, then you probably are in danger of being insensitive and judgmental. This isn't something that I'm saying all of us need to jump out of our seats and go from here and start talking to one another about our problems and our issues and the different things we've got to deal with in our lives. Because that's just going to lead to a lot of people getting hurt. Jesus says the starting point is to deal with the plank in your eye. The starting point is to be humbled. The starting point is to be have your heart broken for your own sin and your own problems. The starting point is to, to, to see yourself more clearly. And then that enables you to see other people through eyes of love and compassion and mercy. The first thing is that we've got to make sure our motivation is right. When we're going to talk to somebody, if you feel there's something you need to address before you ever do it, make sure your motivation and your heart in it is right. Or don't go there. 
The second thing that I want to say is that, that if you feel like there's something that you, is, is, it, you've got to talk to someone about, make sure it's something that's worth confronting them over. If it's just something that is your personal preference, it's just something which is your opinion, then let it go. It's not worth it. The times when we actually need to push through the pain barrier and go and talk to somebody are when we're dealing with issues of sin that we can see clearly and we know are going to have an impact on their relationship with God and what it is that he has for them. So while we we need to confront people, we've got to be really careful how we do it. Paul writes in Galatians 6 verse 1 that if another believer is struggling with sin, so we see that issue, we size them up, but what's the appropriate response? That we need to gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And I think that's so helpful. Because we need to be gentle and humble in our approach, but we've got to make sure the whole purpose and reason that we're raising it is for their benefit, is to help them onto the right path. And you know, none of us will get this right every time. In fact, do you know what? I doubt any of us will get it perfect any time. There's probably every single time you're ever going to talk to somebody and and raise something that is, is going to be imperfect and it's going to be difficult. And even when we do the best that we can, people will still have times when they will turn around and they will say to us, how dare you judge me? And they'll react defensively inside. But you know what Jesus says? You're not being judgmental. It's an act of love. When they turn around and say, it's none of your business, Jesus says, it is your business. It's my business. If we see something going on in someone's life and our response to that is is not to look down on them or to judge them or to write them off, our response to that is to be moved with compassion and love and mercy for them and to desire what's best for them, to bring them onto the right path. Then the loving thing to do is to go and talk to them. To love them too much to stay silent. Too much to walk away. And so if this is, is you, if your tendency is to size somebody up and to walk away, my encouragement to you, once you've checked your motives, once you've checked your heart, once you've made sure it's something worth talking to them about, is to ask God to give you the courage to gently and humbly talk to them and help them onto the right path. The third group of people then, and I imagine we've all been this group too, are those of us who have been sized up and we've refused to listen. Someone has come along to us and they've spoken to us about something in our lives and we've dismissed it because we say they're being judgmental. And even though maybe you've reacted in that kind of a way, deep down in your heart, there's something in you which knows that they're right. You just don't want to go there. You know in your heart, you know something needs to change, but you just... It's hard to face. As I was preparing for today, I came across a statement um, that was used by a a church leader in the States, a guy called Andy Stanley. Um, Great guy, uh, great communicator. And he said this, he said, defensiveness ensures that your past will continue to show up in your future. Defensiveness ensures that your past will continue to show up in your future. When someone comes along and confronts us about something, uh, our defensiveness means that we can't hear what they say. Our defensiveness means that our problems won't be dealt with. 
Our defensiveness means that, that we instead are going to focus in on the imperfections in how they've raised things and what it is that they've said. Our, our defensiveness means that, that we're going to we're focusing on their failings and use that as an excuse to not have to deal with what it is that they've actually said. And when you are defensive, all that it means is that your past and all your problems, all your struggles, all the different things which are, you've, you've struggled with over years, your past will continue to define your future. You won't be able to deal with things and you'll continue to struggle with them again and again and again. And, and if this is you, then my encouragement for you today is just to simply listen. To take on board what my friend Andy said to me, even though it was hard for me at the time. That whatever someone says to you, however hard it is to hear, look for the 1% of truth in what they say. Because I truly believe that's one of the keys to staying teachable. Not to look at the 99% which you can react to and say is wrong, but to look for that 1% that you can learn from. That 1% that you can deal with. So my encouragement to you is today is just to simply listen. And it might be that actually listening isn't about listening to people today. It's about revisiting what people have said in the past and being willing to listen again to what it is that they've said and trying to approach it. And instead of reacting and feeling like they were being judgmental, to, to give them the benefit of the doubt and to say, maybe they were just raising these things because they loved me too much to stay silent. And even if they didn't, what's the 1% of truth? What is it that I can learn from? So as we finish, I want to just make some space for us to reflect and to pray and to, to take time to allow God to, to begin to raise things in our hearts for us to, to be able to see that plank and begin to deal with it. That maybe to ask God for forgiveness for our self-righteousness and for our arrogance and the way that we've looked down on others. Maybe to ask God for forgiveness for our cowardice. And the way that we've held back from saying things to somebody. Or maybe to ask God for forgiveness for our defensiveness. And the way that we've reacted against other people who've come to us. Just to ask God to help you to see yourself clearly. To search you, to know you. To help you to see him clearly. That it would humble you and put everything in perspective. To ask him to help you to see others clearly. And the second thing that I want to encourage you to do as you spend time with God is to ask him to bring to mind for you a couple of people. A couple of people that you can talk to and you can invite them to speak into your life. There might be people who are here today. There might be people that aren't here today. But to ask God to highlight a couple of people who you can invite to speak into your life to help you to become more like Jesus. People who you are want to commit to being accountable to and vulnerable with and willing to receive from. And do you know what? This can be hard because it takes courage. Because essentially, we're, we're giving them permission to judge us. Not in a judgmental way where they look down on us, but in a right way where they size us up. And then they look to help us to become who it is that, that God has made us to be. And so we need humility and we need courage to take this kind of a step. But the journey of following Jesus is not one that God ever designed us to do on our own. We need one another. So ask God who he's put around you 
who you can invite to speak into your life.